I'm Abby Strauss, and welcome to The Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. We all have unused medications, so how do we get rid of them? Is there an environmentally safe way to do it? Dr. Greg Masson is the chief of the branch of environmental contaminants for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. He's kind enough to join us. Dr. Masson, thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. How bad a problem is this, and, and what do we do about it? Tell us about even the SMART disposal program. I'm here to listen. Okay, thank you. This is a problem that has been known for several decades, and it appears to be with the evolving science, we found that there are more pharmaceuticals in more places, and in the, especially in the aquatic system, and it is appears to be worldwide. And there are several studies that have been done to show that it's in most of the waters of the United States. And the pharmaceuticals can range from aspirin or ibuprofen products or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories to antipsychotic medications to cholesterol medications and to medications that are acting as endocrine disruptors, et cetera. And we at the Fish and Wildlife Service joined two other parties, which are the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America. Which we, which we know as Pharma, yes. Right. And the American Pharmacists Association, which is a group of uh, about 63,000 practicing pharmacists. And we decided to come up with some interim recommendation, try to see if we can reduce the amount of pharmaceuticals in the environment. And this is the program that you call Smart Disposal? That's correct, S-M-A-R-X-T disposal. And it's um, a trademark that we all agreed on to have a nice elongate capsule with the caricature of North America on the green pill. And it says prescription for a healthy planet. And we realized that more than the majority of medications that are in the, in the water systems, aquatic systems, come from metabolic processes. But there are a certain amount that for decades, since the 70s, we've been told to flush our medications are unused or unwanted medications or outdated medications. And we're trying to make recommendations saying, well, there's got to be a way that we can socially, personally take responsibility for eliminating some of that medication from their environment. And we're suggesting that you take your medications, make them inert in some way by adding coffee grounds, kitty litter, or something of an inert material to the medications, a little bit of water so that they are broken down and dissolved and put them in, and have these in a plastic container, plastic sack, and it can be biodegradable, and then throw these in the landfill or throw them in your garbage so they can go to a lined landfill. This is not the solution to how to get rid of medications out of the environment, but it reduces the amount of medications that are in the water, and there's a very, very minuscule chance that the medications will leach from a landfill and get into groundwater and then subsequently into drinking water or surface water. So the... the, the um Protection is the lining underneath the landfill? Correct. Um, according to some of the laws, which is the Resource Conservation Recovery Act, landfills have to be lined with a certain millimeter thickness of impermeable plastic lining so that nothing can leach into the groundwater. And if we're putting your medications in a sack, you make them inert, putting them in water so that there's a chance that they will further degrade or they could even have a chance to leach out into the landfill then the chances of that getting into groundwater are almost negligible. That's just a recommendation we have so that we know that the 4 to 20% of the medications we dispose of, at least we are taking responsibility for not flushing them directly into the water system. You know, one of the things that is always so hard to visualize is that I have a couple pills. They're tiny. They're tiny, tiny. And I'm flushing them, and they're going out there into the ocean. It doesn't seem like I'm causing any problems. 
Right. And it's difficult for us. We as humans find it very difficult to fathom what a million is, let alone a billion or a trillion. But in fact, the active pharmaceutical ingredients often act as a concentrated product that work on biological systems. And they're made and manufactured to have an effect similar to that of hormone, which is the definition of a hormone is something that is secreted in extremely small quantities that has a large effect on a distant part of the body. Pharmaceuticals are the same type of thing. They're very small quantities, but they have an extreme effect or large effect because they're concentrated. And that's you know a difficult thing for us to, to understand. Also, when you put it in the water system, the animals are exposed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, humans, per se, are not exposed like that. So it's, and you know, the, the old solution, or dilution is the solution, is not necessarily a correct answer anymore. Well, I like that phrase. I like that phrase. We've realized that, you know, just because you've diluted it doesn't make it inactive or not biologically active. And pharmaceuticals, medications are made to be active in biological systems. So is there a, even if it costs more money, is there a, a proper way to do this, for example, incinerators? Can we take them to hospitals or take them back to drug stores and they can properly dispose of them? Well, it's, when we first looked at this, we thought it was a very simple solution. But then we found that there are so many complications and it's so difficult because of laws and regulations. Pharmacists, by law, aren't allowed to take medications back for themselves by hand because there's a perception or the potential that someone may recirculate those into sales or some other, you know, nefarious activities. Pharmacists won't do that, but there's a perception that, you know, everybody wants to make sure that the quality assurance and quality control for the medication is appropriate, that we're getting the appropriate dose, the appropriate medication, and it hasn't exceeded its shelf life. And unfortunately, pharmacists can't be assured of all that when we take medications back. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't take-back programs that do seem functional, but some of the regulations say that you know, a law enforcement person has to be there to take control of the substance when they're brought back. Um, obviously, we're worried about any illicit use of any medication. We don't want anything to fall into the wrong hands, If you know, even if you put it in a dumpster, if you're not made inactive or inert with some mixed with some with something inert, there are people that could go through the dumps they call dumpster diving and take those medications out and try to sell them on the black market on the street. And this could be for the stimulants or the, in particular the narcotics? Yeah, or who knows what. I mean, one of the problems we're worried about too is, you know, we're not worried about our fish and wildlife resources, which is our primary mission. But we are citizens of the U.S. and we are humans. We are parents. We worry about kids having farming parties, etc., where they may have access to medications that may not be appropriate for them to be taken. We're, so we're trying to figure out ways that we can dispose of the medication in a proper manner. If, you know, we're open to any suggestions, if people have ways for take back, cycle, etc., we worry about incineration because you volatilize a lot of materials that are in the medication. Not all of them would be appropriate for aerial release. And are we trading, you know, our concern is are we trading one problem for another, taking it out of the water and then putting it into the air? This is such a fascinating concept here because we spend a countless number of dollars developing medications, learning to prescribe them, learning the right diagnoses, but we're really not thinking of them down, well, it's the phrase downstream, how, how ironic that that one comes to mind. Right. But we're not thinking that. And, and as it goes into our system, and I think what you guys are doing is great, is that the fish and wildlife are actually the basis of our own food chain. You know, it's an old adage, and it still seems to work, that you can think of the fish and wildlife as canaries in a coal mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, a couple of the things that brought this to media attention were the fact that we found freshwater mussels with levels of antipsychotic medication and antidepressant in the mussel, which is ironic. I mean, you have a sessile organism that doesn't go anywhere, really doesn't do anything and that you would find it has antidepressants in it. Uh, we found fish that are intersex. That is, they have both male and female parts, ovo testes, if you will. They have uh, 
testicular tissue with ovarian tissue mixed in from different, not necessarily pharmaceuticals altogether, but different chemicals, man-made chemicals, or even some natural chemicals, uh, phytoestrogen. We're finding that more and more prevalent, and we're finding it downstream of wastewater treatment. And wastewater treatment plants are wonderful in what they do, and they are doing a superb job, but they weren't designed to take out parts of trillion or parts of billion of a pharmaceutical. They're designed to take out, clean the water to what was at the time acceptable limits. But now with our new technologies, we're able to measure chemicals at much lower concentration. We're finding out that some of these chemicals are having adverse effects on fish, like cholesterol medication. Anti-cholesterol medication is changing the metabolism of fish, slows it down, which is doesn't sound so bad, except that many species of fish and other animals, their reproduction is not based on age, it's based on size. So if you reduce the metabolism of an animal and let it grow slower, you've automatically reduced the reproductive capacity of that animal time over time. So there's you know, and some of this is reversible if found out that we take the medication away, the fish comes back to normal life process. So it, it is really complicated and it is fascinating, but it's something that we've all joined together to work with like you and your association have shown an interest in trying to help the people of the United States and of the world. We look at it as everybody's responsibility to do something. Absolutely, and it really ultimately is part of the physician's responsibility, in my opinion, to consider these other aspects of it. I'm As I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about all the problems that infectious disease doctors have with what are called super infections or bacteria that have become resistant to antibiotics. And this is a very serious problem, and here we are pouring antibiotics into the water. So simply putting them into the... Uh, the trash and, and sealing them and having them with the liner is a, is a big step in the right direction. But again, I, part of I, it can become somewhat confusing because I see if we go on on the website, it says something should be put down the toilet, like like the narcotic. Is that mostly just to prevent reuse and diversion? That, that that's correct. And these are recommendations from either either FDA or USDA or, or EPA. The intent is that these are very. Uh, there are just a small number of medications which are habituating or could cause problems that are to be disposed of in another manner. And several of those, I did a rough estimate, there's about 110,000 different prescription medications, and about 13 of them are recommended to be flushed. And there are other medications, you know, that we worry about for uh, people that may be having chemotherapy or something, that some of those may be a little more harsh to the environment than that anticipated, and they may have to have a special mechanism of disposing of those. But that's those are things that the normal average Joe and Jane, whomever in the household, will not be having access to. You know, that those are more for the medical care facilities that would have to dispose of those. I know in, in hospitals and in hospices and home health agencies, they have, a, it's usually a red bag as the color is, and it's a specialized bag for disposal of biologicals. And so they go through this. So let, 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 me, let me ask you then two basic questions. One, the smart disposal program. Uh, how can people learn about it? Fill us in a little bit more. And secondly, to reiterate that putting your pills simply in your trash can in your kitchen isn't enough. Right. The smart disposal is easy. It's voluntary, non-monetary exchange where people can come to join. We've got, I don't know how many, 80 to 90 different supporters from around the United States, around the world, really, Australia, Asia, South America, etc. And you just go to either the Fish and Wildlife Service or Pharma or American Pharmacists Association, or you can go to smartdisposal.net and view the website. You can ask questions if you have questions. You can view the materials. We don't have all our articles up there. Some of them are just coming out. The article I just read last week that said the antibiotic may have an effect on active 
sludge, you know, or wastewater treatment plants that may be adversely affected the activated sludge. What we've done is worked with all the other government agencies. We've come together a couple of times, the federal and state, and met with uh, different summits with pharmaceutical schools, different states, and come up with just recommendations saying, okay, what can we do? Because every state has a different laws, regulations on what to do with pharmaceuticals and medications. We don't want to dictate to anybody what to do. We're just trying to come up with solutions. We're put out some interim recommendations, looking to see if we can get some interest so people much smarter than ourselves can come together and say, this is a good solution, or this is a solution for our area. It's interesting because it is really part of the continuum that goes from the moment a person is prescribed the medication till after they've stopped using it. It's part of the process, but we never think about this end of it. It is, and you know, I was surprised when some of the pharmaceutical, some deans of the pharmaceutical schools said they were going to add uh, an awareness campaign like this to their curriculum because they never taught that part about what you do with the medications after they're done because the pharmacists can't take them back or anything, so they were relying on the old information. We're just you know, looking at it and saying, you know, flushing is just not an appropriate solution. Anymore. There's got to be better ways. In, in the moment or two that we have left, sir, again, how, does, how should someone dispose of their pills? Or, or liquid medications, liquid yeah, medications. Well, liquid, you know, if you have liquid medications or pills or capsules, we recommend you put them in a disposable plastic bag, add an inert material, whether it's coffee grounds, kitty litter, or something of that nature, a little bit of water to dissolve the material or mix it up with the materials, seal it, and put it in your trash. And when you're taking the uh, bottles and the medications, to take the labels and any identifying material off there so that we don't have to worry about people having identity theft because that's another concern that we all have, and that's just a simple simple step. And most of the pharmaceutical companies now, or pharmacies, retail pharmacists, have labels that come off readily, so you can destroy the label and there's no identifying information on that. This is very interesting, I think critically important, a source of environmental understanding that people need to stand up and look at, and I'm very, very happy that you folks are part of this. Dr. Greg Masson is the chief of the branch of environmental contaminants for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thank you very much, sir, and we'll be back in the future for updates on this. Well, thank you, and I appreciate your concern and your support. Again, thank you. Have a good day. Thank you.